Welcome to episode 36 of the Julian Boot podcast and we've got another massive guest today as we bring you Rowena Young. Rowena is an icon of women's football, she's played plenty of games in the VWFL and has a great story so we're really looking forward to this one. Rowena, welcome to the Chewing Your Boot podcast. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here. I'd like to get a bit of background about our guests. So tell us a bit about your younger days. And I imagine it would have been a bit harder to get opportunities as a younger footballer for you. Yeah, well, when I was younger, I, there were no opportunities um, like there are now. So essentially how I started in footy was my younger brother, um, wanted to start playing footy so dad took us both down to the park and you know taught us how to kick and muck and all that sort of stuff and then when he went down to the untens he was seven and I was nine and I ran around and trained and had a kick and then when it came to playing the games they said sorry you, you can't play so I ended up running the boundary for the team and so I was a boundary umpire for a couple of years and then I kind of got a little bit jack of that and um, went off and played netball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so when was your first competitive game of football? So I didn't play a competitive game of football till I was 22. Okay. Gee. So, um, yeah, so say sort of a good 12 years later and um, that was only by, really by chance as well because I was finishing up uni and working in a gym that overlooked a football oval. I just happened to look out the window one day and saw saw a group of girls having a kick around. After my shift, I went out there and just said, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? And they said, there's a team, there's a league, and that's how, how it all started. Fantastic. You entered the VWFL in 1995 for the Spurs. How much do you remember of your debut and can you tell us a bit about this team? Yeah, so the Spurs um, started up by Debbie Lee, so one of the um, real icons of women's footy. And um, they were based down at Sunshine at the time. And... um, I thought I had, um, you know, a pretty good handle on my skills and, and, you know, didn't expect that there would be a whole bunch of other girls that, that could also play um, just as well, if not better. And so um, I guess, like everyone, their first game of footy, the physicality was the, was the shock, more so than the skill-wise. Skill and um, certainly came off knowing that I'd played a game of footy in the first one. But, um, but yeah, had, had a good, you know, had a good time and, and then obviously played with them for the, for the rest of the season. Can you take us through the dynamic of how the VWFL worked with all different divisions and teams and how that sort of worked together? Yeah, so the VWFL actually was started by really a group of I guess, brave and pioneering women in 1981. So it actually been going for quite quite a number of years. And um, when I started playing in 1995, there were seven teams and it was technically, and there was, that was seven teams in Victoria and they were all sort of Melbourne-based teams. They were spread out across Melbourne, but Melbourne-based. 
Um, the following year, I got onto the VDFL Executive Board with a bunch of other um, volunteers. And over the next sort of 10 to 15 years, we um, worked on really expanding that competition. And, and over the time, there was... Because um, when you played, you basically, if you rocked up to a team, you either, you, and you'd never played footy before, you were playing with people that had, might have played for years and were quite skillful. And so there was a really diverse range of skills and, and backgrounds. And so at times, you, you know, it, potentially if you were a first gamer, you could be on the field and not really get, get much of a touch. So um, at that time, I can't remember the exact date, but it would have been the late 90s. Um, a woman called Kate Lawrence. Um, she suggested that we start up a, it was called a reserves competition at the time. And so that sort of brought on the expansion of the league. And um, a lot of teams then had two teams. And so you had sort of like a seniors and reserves, but it ended up being like division one, division two type yeah. scenario because not every team had a reserves team. So um, it was, yeah, that's how it expanded. And then um, when the youth girls, so another board member that um, sort of Nikki Graves and Shiloh Curtis, they were heavily involved in the expansion of the youth girls. When that started, the teams really started to grow and started to get teams in Ballarat and Bendigo and, and Geelong and those sort of um, regional places as well. In 2001, you were named best on ground for the Parkside Magpies in a grand final winning side, describe the emotions to, ch to achieve a footballer's ultimate dream and to play such a major role in that. What was that like? Yeah, it was, um, it was really satisfying that particular game. Um, that year, I'd had quite a difficult year. I um, had had um, like some medical issues and, um, and we, we'd won the premiership the year before. Um, and we were sort of, it was, we'd played in grand finals in, in a row, in a couple in a row, and um, we'd won the, I think it was the 97, we'd lost the 98 and 99, then we'd won the 2000, so this was our fifth grand final in a row, and um, the year before we only won by a point in the grand final in the 2000, and this one was played at Victoria Park, so it was the first game back at the, like sort of, you know, big-ish game back at Victoria Park since it, it had closed off to AFL games. So it was quite a, quite a um, you know, a bit of a occasion really for footy. And um, yeah, it was, it was just really pleasing. We played Melbourne Uni who were our, you know, rivals and um, it's always good always good to beat Melbourne Uni, I'll, I'll always say that, but um, yeah, it was, it was satisfying and it was, it was great, obviously, to win, it was, you know, a bonus to get that best on ground, but yeah, it was certainly something special. You were given life membership for the VWFL in 2003 while still playing, how much of an honour was this? Yeah, it, it was certainly an honour, I mean, I think that was more, more to do with working on the executive board and the, and the development with that rather than playing. But 
um, again, it's one of the, the things that I really cherish. It was, it was hard work because everyone was working full time and by the end of it, we were running a statewide wide league, football league, you know, after hours. So it was um, meetings a lot of the time in Debbie Lee's garage and, you know, it was sort of hard, it was hard work. And so um, those sort of honours, you know, you, you really appreciate. Your game won the Premiership in 2004 with St Albans and also had a great year yourself winning the Goal Kicking Award. How did this compare with 2001 in terms of satisfaction? It was a different, um, it was different because I was co-coaching that team as well. So that was my first year where I was coaching with um, Henry McFerrin. And um, so it gave me a, a very different perspective to just having to worry about yourself on the ground. You know, you were, and um, playing, playing it full forward make, does make it a little bit easier to coach because you, 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 know, you can see the whole ground. But you certainly, um, you know, when you get frustrated or when you, you know, things don't go your way, you, you're not just thinking about yourself. You've got to, you know, keep it together and, and always be ticking, ticking over of what, what can we do, what can we do, you know, if things aren't going well. So that was a, it was different. It was also very satisfying, um, that one. And the Spurs had never won a premiership. So that was quite special as well to be part of that. Definitely. And you mentioned you undertook a playing coaching role. Was coaching some, something you always looked to get into? Um, yeah, it was something that I had done. I'd, I'd coached athletics um, prior to that and um, done some netball coaching. And so footy coaching was probably always something I was going to do. Um, it was the only reason that I left um, Darabin. I wasn't, um, there wasn't really an opportunity to be, to coach at Darabin at the time. And so that's why I went back to the Spurs because there was an opportunity there. Otherwise um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have left, but it was, um, yeah, it was something that I really enjoy. It's, it's really, um, really satisfying to see people um, improve over, over time and um, particularly develop from um, just having a love of footy to wanting to play to then learning the game. You know, you see some people develop really quickly and um, it's, yeah, it is a really satisfying part. The leading goal kicker award for v VWFL was named after you. Did this come as a surprise to you when it was announced and how big of an honour is it to have, it, have your name etched in VWFL history? Yeah, it's, it certainly was a surprise. Um, it was, I, I, yeah, I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but um, it was announced when it was still the VWFL. And, um, and then, you know, there's some excellent players like Mo Hope has won it, you know, several times. And, and there are other great players that have, have won the goal kicking after that, so it's really good to have, you know, your name associated with, um, you know, some really great players. And um, it, there was a little bit of a, when everything moved to the um, AFL Victoria, there was debate about whether they were going to keep the awards and that. And there was a, bit of, a couple of years where there was a little bit contentious, but the current um, administration 
saw the value in in keeping the history of the game because um, a lot, you know a lot of people just think that that women's footy started in 2017, but you know it has a long history prior to that, and so I think it's. Um, you know, it was really satisfying for not just the people that had awards named after them, but the people that worked on the executive board and, and all that to, to have the history um, kept. And so when they did decide they're going to keep them, um, of course, it, it's a great, it's a, a huge honour that, um, yeah, again, I really cherish. And you've alluded to the fact that the VWFL ceased existence in 2016. What brought this about and was the VFL women's competition being developed for many years behind closed doors? Yeah, so the um, from about 2010, um, there was talk of a, a national league. Um, it was very difficult to get the AFL to sort of talk and take it seriously and then a lot of hard work went into the exhibition games and and getting um, momentum for that but once um, they saw the value of it, it it happened really quickly after that you could you could say and, and as you may know it was meant to happen a lot later than it did but Gil um, brought it forward to 2017. Um, with the VWFL it got to a point where it was too big for, you know, five to seven people to run on a very part-time basis. Um, So we had, um, you know, there was probably about a hundred grand in the bank and handed over all the IP and then went over to to AFL Victoria. Look, we were were torn about whether that should, should happen or not because we were, you know, we were concerned about Losing, losing history, losing um, control, all those sort of things. And um, so there were, you know, there were always um, those concerns on the, on the table. But in the end, it really was a no-brainer that um, the AFL had to take over because, you know, they've got full-time staff. They've got, you know, the people that can run it properly and, and expand it. So that's where, that's why that happened. After a well-deserved break, you undertook another coaching role and developed the inaugural Old Zays women's team in 2017. Can you take us through that role and how different was that to previous coaching roles given they were a new team? Yeah, so I had had really nothing to do with the VAFA at all. So the the Amateur League, um, which is a huge league um, across Victoria. But um, where I work at Victoria University, we had a partnership with Xavier College and I actually was just attending the the, um, launch of that partnership when um, the footy club were were just chatting to me and said, you know, what's your involvement, all that sort of stuff. And then they came back later and said, well, we want to start a women's team. The VAPA are going to start a women's league. Can you help us? Um, You know, we don't... It's basically... You know, a men's or a boys' school and a men's club. They've never had anything, you know, women at all, um, you know, other than a couple of administrators. But um, so yeah, that was it. Was quite um, challenging. They were um, unbelievably um, supportive and um, you know went with everything that I suggested. So they did everything that they could to to make it happen. And then, um, yeah, we had to go through a grading. There was 42 teams that started um, in the grading process. 
and we ended up being graded in the top eight. So we went into the Premier Division, which, in you know, I think is a pretty good achievement in itself. And the club were, the club has a is probably the most successful sporting club in Australia, let alone football club. That um, if you look at all their premierships and things, and um, the expectation was, you know, that we would be good. And so we had a bunch of girls that had never played footy before, and to get them from November to a sort of an April start date in the Premier Division, I think was, you know, pretty satisfying and, and certainly not one that I did by myself. But, um, yeah, it was, um, it was great and the girls were fantastic. That's fantastic and a credit to you. And as you've touched on, you work at Vic Uni as the Major of Sports Facilities and also do some work in coaching at the Bulldogs. Can you take us through those roles and the affiliation there? Yeah, so... Um, you're correct. I um, manage the sporting facilities at Victoria University across all our different campuses, and we also manage the Whit Noble um, Stadium. Um, so we um, run programs for the student staff, but also the wider community. So we have a, a really large um, base of customers that that come in. Um, we're obviously closed at the moment, so everyone's working working from home and adapting to a, an online and, you know, sort of online digital offerings, those sort of things. Um, but yeah, we have a wide range of facilities that are basically in the in Melbourne's west, sort of ranging from inner city to out Werribee Way, St Albans, that type of thing. So it covers pools, athletics tracks, basketball courts, gyms, you know, the whole gamut of sporting, sporting things. Victoria University, as you know, sponsor. The Western Bulldogs um, and that's not actually really how I started working at the Bulldogs it was more so um, my um, work on the executive with Debbie Lee who is the the head of women's football at the Bulldogs so we actually just were at a, um, a, a work breakfast one one day and we started talking and that's how I started coaching at the Bulldogs essentially but um, there are certainly lots of lots of links um, between myself, VU and the Bulldogs. Definitely. Yes. And do you have any... Oh, sorry, Ben. Are you go. Oh, do you have any thoughts on, obviously, the coronavirus having a big impact on all sports, but on women's footing in particular? Yeah, it was a really disappointing end to the AFLW season. Um, you know, the Bulldogs um, weren't having a great season anyway and would have missed the finals, but... Um, to not have a premier and and not be able to play out a final series is disappointing. But you also didn't play the last couple of games of the season. And, you know, we had people from Ireland and America that had come over specifically to play. And so it's really disappointing for those girls in particular that got their season cut short. And um, the Irish girls went home. Um, Danny, the American, she is still here in Australia. But, um, yeah, it made that, that was really sort of disappointing um, how that ended. And then, of course, our VFL W season, uh, you know, hasn't got to take off and, and probably won't take off, you know, to be, to be honest, because um, the logistics and the, and the cost and, and everything is, it makes it very difficult to, um, to have games in the current environment. Yep. So those girls, yeah, those girls, 
are still working hard and, you know, some of them it would have been their first game for the Bulldogs. And so all those things are very disappointing for, um, for players and coaches. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's all we've got for you. We really appreciate your time. We congratulate you on everything you've achieved in your career and life so far and wish you the best of luck for your future. No worries. And yeah. good luck with your podcast as well. Thank, Thank you. you. It's a great story and it's been a pleasure to hear it. Okay. No worries. Thank you. That wraps us up for another episode of the podcast. We'd like to give a huge shout out to Michael Robertson for helping us get Rowena on. Stay tuned in the coming weeks as we do have an Olympian on the horizon. So stay tuned for some more content.